0: episode 12 of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T and with me as always is my co-host Dr Toomey. How are you doing this evening Toomey?
1: I am very good this evening Professor T. Good evening to you. Thank you. Good evening to you as well. How, How are you I should ask?
0: I'm not too bad, actually. Yeah, we've we've gone back to our evening recording schedule because time constraints um, conspired against us. But still, we are going to give it our best shot, and we're going to launch into another episode of of but Not too soon, because we have a couple of things to discuss first.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Now, um, just before we start. Um, Your little side note about piss politics a couple of episodes ago um, came back to me today when I was in work and I was in the toilet. Um, So would you like to hear a small little anecdote, maybe piss politics uh, round two?
1: Very much so. Please please enlighten us on your piss politics experience. So I don't
0: know if this has ever happened to you before, but it happens to me on a regular basis, and I just want to hear, I want to hear what you think about it, and maybe what the listener thinks about it as well, because it must happen to other people, I can't be the only one. Um, So sure. I work I work in a large building, several floors, and there's a toilet on every floor, um, so there is the male toilets, the female toilets, etc., and I was in the male toilets uh, doing a, a number one, a piss, uh, and... The toilets get cleaned quite regularly, at least twice a day, if not more. And they must be the cleanest toilets in the history of the world. Um, because every time I'm in there, somebody comes in trying to clean it, right? Uh, but this is how they notify the user of the toilet that they're about to come in to clean the toilets. They knock loudly on the door and even somewhat aggressively shout, Cleaning! <laughs> right. Wow, now, I'm going to set the scene. You're in mid-piss. You're in you're in a urinal. Or not in a urinal, a cubicle. And uh, some some woman... Has sh- it They're all women. I'm sorry, that's a fact. Has shouted cleaning loudly, borderline aggressively. Um, it's and it's it's kind of like her notifying you that she's about to come in and do the cleaning of the toilet. But I always get caught off guard here, and I don't know what to say in response.
1: <laughs> it's an unusual social etiquette. It sounds like. Is there a precedent for this? What What are you supposed to say? I'm doing a
0: piss. <laughs> One minute, darling. Or like, is it like? Uh, there's somebody in here. Like, I can't get that many words out on short notice. This mid-piss.
1: this is very, very strange. And this is in a re- reputable company that this is going on in. And this this is frankly bizarre, Professor T. Cleaning. Uh, how are you supposed
0: to respond to that? Uh, obviously, they're checking if anyone's in any of the cubicles. because I understand
1: the premise. So, so, so talk me through your, your, your thought process. So you're going through your piss. Let's say you're midstream and you hear this woman and is she is she coming in anyway regardless of what you respond
0: no she's not coming in regardless she's using this as a barometer uh, she's going to measure about measure based on the response whether or not to come in if there's no response she's going to come in so i always utter some response but the response ranges from oh, uh, 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 somebody in here to uh, i'll be out in a minute i feel like i'm talking to my mom <laughs>
1: Just just a minute, which reveals to her immediately that you're in the middle of your private business.
0: Yeah, or or else you could do, um, I won't name the person, but there was somebody in our primary school who used to shout,
1: I'm in here. <laughs> you,
0: might, <laughs> you might know the person I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, like, it's, I don't have a stock response for this. It's just get caught off guard every single time it happens all the time and, and then i'm wondering what is the desired response from the perspective of the cleaner what is she expecting to hear and what would she deem as satisfactory in a response
1: what i do in that situation well i don't know if i've been in that exact situation but similar situations i would just say sorry sorry, sorry is a
0: good one yeah sorry is a good one i might see it's just i don't have that on the tip of my tongue you know so you should usually go and then i say something
1: well, how about uh, you uh, work on that? Maybe try out the sari and give us an update on that over the, as the weeks progress and see if this, this lady continues her, frankly, bizarre... Uh, it's not just campaign. one
0: lady, it's, uh, it's the common practice... Oh, company <laughs> policy. Well, it's not, see, it's not a company, it's a cleaning company, a third-party company who does the cleaning of the toilet. So it's not um, a staff member, or it's, a, it's an outsourced party um, that does it. Anyway, uh, piss politics, there you are. It, it never stops.
1: It affects everyone's life, really it's a, it's a it's a minefield it is a minefield um
0: or so the last time i used that phrase somebody pointed out to me i don't suppose you've ever actually been in an actual minefield
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a lazy metaphor isn't it yeah it's not it's not
0: really a minefield
1: no it's not <laughs> it's just a
0: 4% awkward thing that happens in your life um anyway uh, not to take away from actual minefields and victims of mines um
1: of course, I will just add in my own uh, life update while well, I might just uh, push myself in here um, uh, apropos of nothing, um, even though I didn't need to use that phrase there. I wanted to. but moving on to the point I was going to make, which is as follows: uh, I had you and a couple of Richard Cody and my brother Gavin over to my house playing tech end there and uh, I am known as a good tech end player or I like to think that I'm a good tech end player. Uh, my, my defense is on point um, and we've had many battles in Tekken over the years and your attack is on, on point uh, so when we, we play each other we have a, a very interesting back and forth but I was humiliated in my own home by not you not just you but you Richard Cody and my brother Gavin I was paddy last <laughs> yes. in the Tekken scores and it was absolutely humiliating and I was reeling after it so I decided to practice with uh, Tekken online okay which is, which is always a bit of an unknown quantity so you you get to play Tekken 7 against people from around the world and i was playing it last night i was getting amped up to to practice my skills but i was playing it, it appeared to be people from japan who were like selecting these like really feminine like kind of weedy characters like yeah. who you wouldn't expect to be strong in the game and they were absolutely destroying me so i played about i think i played about 10 games and i didn't win one round and I was absolutely Christ. my confidence is shot. <laughs> well,
0: there's nothing worth, you should do you know what you should have done. You should have roped Liz into playing tekken and I mean, you could have beaten her a few times and I could have restored your confidence. There's no point playing online with people if you want to restore your confidence. It'll only yeah,
1: shatter it even worse. These people are pros. The standard is unbelievably high and there seemed to be one person who was really messing with me. They they'd wait till I got to they when they had just a tiny bit of energy left and i was about to win the round and then they'd pull out this special move that has like eight combinations in it and they did it at least five times so uh,
0: jesus part of the problem i suppose with me and you is we don't know those moves either all it takes I suppose is just to learn those off but i'm banking on the same moves i've been using in tekken since tekken 3 was out in uh, on the playstation in the 90s i'm gonna say 98 99 maybe um so this character I pick Paul Phoenix. He has all the same moves since then. I don't think I've learned a new move since '98. But uh, these people are obviously, you know, they're up to speed with all the new combinations and stuff. But just just to take a moment to say what an excellent fighting game Tekken is and all the various versions of it over the years. Just it's perfect. It just it's a game that keeps giving.
1: Yeah, it really is, I and mean, it's a great multiplayer game to have people over, and it gets very competitive, even with people who are new to the game. <laughs> And uh, what's what's really cool about it is that every person you play has a different style of playing. Um, even the button bashers, you have to adapt to their style. If, you play, if I play a button basher the same way I play against you, as was proven uh, at the weekend, uh, I, I won't stand a chance. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah.
0: And I remember Richard Cody pointed out that uh, when I play you, the games are much longer, the rounds are much longer, there's fewer fewer flurries of attacks uh, and he was pointing out that i was playing him i was almost nearly a button basher i was just attack 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 um so yeah it was interesting to see other people's perspectives on that as well
1: yeah i think it's great i think it's the most the it's the survival of the fittest uh game really what it is anyway we're 10 minutes in now nearly <laughs> 10 minutes so, in yeah not too
0: much time left for sauces
1: <laughs> yeah so why don't we will you lead us out again on the sauces professor g please i will lead us
0: out yeah so this task is is a bit silly it seems a bit trivial um even more trivial than some of our other tasks which in themselves were quite trivial but this takes the cake um it really does so what we decided to do was to have a task where we try two new sauces each we're talking about condiments And cooking sauces. So uh, we each tried a new condiment. So you're talking about a table sauce there. Your ketchups, your mayonaises, (laughs) your mustards, your brown sauces. And then a cooking sauce. So that would be something like a curry sauce or a tomato-based sauce. But I won't reveal yet what my sauce was. Uh, But that's the general concept. But there's also more to it than that. Uh, We incorporated a bit of social media um, and various other things. But we'll get to that as we progress through the topic.
1: Yes. And one feature of this is that it's an accessible task that we felt all of our listeners could join in on if they wanted and it's one that you could just be in the shop as i was this past week and just doing my weekly shop and actually getting a buzz while i was doing my shop in that i was cho- going to be choosing a new new sauce um uh which i never do i buy the same things the same condiments the same sauces all the time so it, in a very very minor and insignificant way this improved my life the fact <laughs> okay <laughs> the adventure of buying a new sauce, and I was in there uh, little there, and I spent several minutes at different aisles staring at sauces. Um, so I must have looked <laughs> very str- with a smile on my face as well. You, you um, must look like a psychopath. Correct um
0: okay well you sound like you've had more of an in-depth experience than i did maybe you should go first i think because you sound like you're ready to go there
1: all right okay i'm warmed up about the sauces I, i've i been on the sauce in a sense hey uh uh well i kind of got my first sauce uh at the start of the week and i enjoyed the process so much that i went a bit further and i went a bit further and i went a bit further well i don't want to overhype this either i got four sauces okay <laughs> So, um, I'll do the most boring one first. Um, I was looking for a cooking sauce. And what I went for here is buttered chicken. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, when I buy uh, cooking sauces, I I have a lot of stir fries and rice dishes. I would have, like, curry or, like, chicken... Ch- or the chow mein sauce or the black bean sauce or sweet and sour sauce. But I've never had buttered chicken before. And what this is, is a... Dish originating in the Indian subcontinent. It's made of chicken and it's a mildy... No, that's... I'm reading the wrong thing. Sorry. Well, no, way well, yeah, if you had a
0: dish, yeah, it would be it would have chicken in it. But I, I know what you mean. The sauce as well is part of the dish.
1: Yes, the, the sauce is part... It, it's in the butter chicken meal. So I, I was reading out the wrong thing there from, uh, <laughs> from from Wikipedia. You had the wrong thing queued up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think I need to go and find it now, do I? It's, no, it's I, I know what butter, it is. It's a butter-based butter so sauce for chicken. Yes, exactly. I find this sauce very, very tasty, very fruity. Um, a bit spicy, but not too spicy. It goes very, very well with chicken. Um, have you ever had it yourself? I've tasted a
0: butter chicken dish in an Indian restaurant, but not an entire dish myself but I tasted some of somebody else's the word butter in the meal always put me off Uh, I have my own issues with butter um, which might be explored on on another episode (laughs) (laughs) but uh, butter episode coming up episode 19 (laughs) Um, but I do like it when I put aside my prejudice against butter I did like it Um, very tasty and it's, it's one, of the, one of the more popular meals, I think, in Indian restaurants in general.
1: Yes, yes. I think I've seen it on menus in Indian restaurants, but never actually had it. So there you go. That's the first sauce. I'll, I'll just uh, move on now to my next sauce, uh, which is a table sauce or a condiment. And this is a sauce I've got here beside me. It comes in a jar. It's from the company called Coleman's of Norwich. And Professor T, this is a mint sauce sauce good god almighty
0: <laughs> my god he's got the mint sauce
1: he's got a mint sauce it's out of nowhere so mint sauce is a sauce traditionally made from finely chopped peppermint leaves soaked in vinegar and a spoiled amount of sugar um well I, I must say i've never had mint sauce in
0: my life so this should be interesting
1: and i would never buy mint sauce i it, the thought of it sounded a bit disgusting to me yeah minty sauce um, but do you know what the mint isn't as strong as you would think and it's actually quite a kind of a, a hot sauce it's surprisingly spicy um, a lot of people would have it with lamb or you'd have it with mushy peas um, but I, I just tasted it with like bread and um, Dorito, Dorito things or chip things but actually it was very nice I was very very surprised about how nice it was you dipped um, tortilla chips in mint sauce correct Insane. What kind of tortilla chips? Just the plain ones. <laughs> plain.
0: Okay. And Liz thought a, that
1: was insane as well.
0: That, that is insane. I, I would have
1: cooked the lamb now myself, but uh, <laughs> that that would be the traditional dish that you would see. <laughs> yes, but then that would make it, ironically, a cooking sauce. Would you say?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it would. I, I had kind of fell into that trap myself as well, but we'll get to that later.
1: Yeah. it's a it's a it's a a minefield so you forced
0: it's a minefield so you forced it into being a condiment, (laughs) even though it is in itself a cooking
1: sauce i was in complete denial (laughs) liz told me it was for lamb she's had it with meat when she was growing up there'd be mint sauce and she'd add it to meat i didn't want to hear that i i had my bread and my tortilla chips and that's all i cared about do you know what professor t that's my second sauce and I've two more left. So, in the interest of a bit of balance, I was wondering, could we throw it back over to you?
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense, actually. I'll do my two, and then you do your final two. Okay. I'm uh, fairly well-versed on the condiment sauces. So, when I went down through the aisles of Super Value, I couldn't find any sauce, really, that was a condiment that I hadn't already tried. And I looked up and down, and there were variations on things that I tried. There were like various different types of chilli sauce. Um, there were obviously various different types of ketchups and mustards, and... I didn't really... I couldn't see any that I hadn't tried. So, I was looking and I came across mint sauce, actually. But I just ignored <laughs> it because, I don't know, I just had a mental block against it. But right beside the mint sauce, in a similar type of jar, was a cranberry sauce. Oh, interesting. So, again, cranberry sauce, it's not really a condiment. But I was, I was struggling to find a condiment that I could use. So, I said, fuck it, I'll have cranberry sauce. And... I decided to myself, well, cranberry sauce, of course, is traditionally eaten with turkey. It's a Thanksgiving sauce in America. And um, I decided I'd bring it home and I'd have it with turkey. So I went looking for turkey burgers and they didn't have any. So I settled for turkey sausages. So I bought myself a six pack of turkey sausages, uh, came home, cooked them in the oven. And I opened this jar of cranberry sauce and it was like, it was like a gelatinous paste it wasn't, it wasn't the consistency of a sauce at all. It was like a thick paste type, um, almost like a gum. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. When you take a spoon, I dug a spoon into it. It, it retained the shape exactly from where okay. I dug the spoon in, if you know what I mean. Okay. So, um, it was very thick. So I decided to heat it in a pot with, and I put a bit of, added a bit of water to it as well to loosen it up a bit, uh, just a small bit. So I let that heat away, took out my sausages from the oven, put them on a plate uh poured the cranberry sauce on to the plate as well and i started cutting up the sausages and dipping them in and i have to say the cranberry sauce was fucking disgusting (laughs) and i'll tell you why it was disgusting right because the thing that always put me off the idea of cranberry sauce was it's a sweet sauce and who wants to eat sweet with their savory food but then when i examined my own sauce use you realize that ketchup is a very sweet sauce barbecue sauce is sweet Sweet pickle relish, which is Mm -hmm. popular in the US, is obviously sweet. Um, And and there are a lot of sweet sauces that I would eat every day. But what cranberry sauce does not have, it doesn't have any bitterness or saltiness or spiciness to balance out the sweetness. So what you're left with is basically dipping sausages in jam uh, and doing so at the dinner
1: table. (laughs) Like an animal.
0: Yeah. Who in their right mind would eat this? Like At least with barbecue sauce, you've got a spiciness underlying um, the sweetness and you've got a saltiness as well same with ketchup um and it's like sweet pickle relish has a pickly type taste to it as well as sweetness it's just and pickles themselves aren't fully just a sweet taste they have a vinegary taste off them so there's a lot of balance in all other sweet condiment sauces but cranberry sauce is just basically jam you're putting jam on your plate don't try and deny it you dirty
1: fecker (laughs) The image of, of dipping a turkey sausage in cranberry in a jar of uh, cranberry sauce these yeah, animals animals but i ate the six turkey
0: sausages with it finished what was on my plate and the jar that is in my fridge and I, and I refrigerated the cranberry sauce for some strange reason i don't know why but if it's a jar i refrigerate it and if it's not i don't um but anyway yeah I, i'm just gonna throw it in the bin i reckon because it's
1: horrible yeah get it out of there get it out of the, the out fuck of out, out of it. yeah okay great Bad experience, but entertaining. Bad experience, yeah. So
0: the second one on my list, and it's one you've already mentioned, it's uh, black bean sauce. Oh! I, in the interest of making a vegan meal as well, I chopped up potatoes, fried them, uh, fried some onions, threw in some spinach, and threw in the black bean sauce, and I had it with rice. And I thought the black bean sauce tasted like monosodium glutamate and little else.
1: (laughs) Would you care to share with the listener what monosodium glutamate tastes like? Well, mono- monosodium
0: glutamate is that savoury taste that's in all Chinese takeaway food. It's in ah, cri- yes. MSG, it's also known as. Or MSG, yes. It's the E number, E261. It's an additive in foods to make them have a more savoury taste. And uh, it's in Pringles, it's in your KP dry roasted peanuts, it's in Chinese food. It's in anything that's fast food and salty, except for you know conscientious brands who've removed it. Um, but it's just basically a white powder. Uh, it's very popular in Chinese cooking. Yeah. So it was just salt, just salty, saltiness. Um, it, now I have to say it was edible. There was there was a tiny little bit of other flavour to it. I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was, but it was just a gluey, thick, black, salty uh, Asian tasting sauce. And then um, I finished it and all, but at the end of it, it kind of had an aftertaste as well for a while. You describe it as a revolting sauce. Well. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it was revolting. It was edible. It wasn't disgusting, but it wasn't in any way pleasant. Nah, it's too too far. It was somewhat. It was okay. Like it wasn't an offensive taste, but it was just meh. I'm sure if you made it yourself, you'd probably make a much more healthy version of it. But uh, this was a packet, uh, you know, you know, you know the type I mean, a pouch.
1: There, Yeah, I uh, sometimes use those pouches for different sauces. Uh, do you ever make your own sauce just as a quick uh, red herring there?
0: Almost all the time, yeah. If I'm making uh, dinner like that, a curry or pasta or noodles or anything like that, yeah.
1: In a word, is it worthwhile? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. By the, by the way, who are you doing an impression of when you say that? Is that a person or is it, it just
1: you? Is Sir Alex Ferguson? Uh, uh, do you know what I
0: thought? I thought it might be him actually.
1: But <laughs> I've kind of went. I've stopped trying to impersonate him and sort of made it my own kind of weird Scottish accent. So it's a hint of Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, the greatest uh, football manager that Manchester United ever had, or probably the greatest that ever managed in the Premier League. Absolutely. Now let's go on, shall we? yeah let's go on yep. let, me, let us wrap up my sauces I'm going to go the first one quite quickly this is a condiment it's a yellow uh, colour um, it's made by a company called BATS B-A-T-T-S you'll see it in your Lidl's, your Aldi's your Tesco's it's from France it's not ketchup but it's mustard but it's a special type of mustard it's Dijon mustard oh have you and never had Dijon mustard? never had Dijon mustard before It's a traditional mustard of France named after the town of Dijon in Burgundy, France, which was the center of mustard making in the late Middle Ages and was granted exclusive rights in France in the 17th century.
0: Very good. Is it one of those protected foods that has to be from that region?
1: Um, I don't know. Okay, so I thought you might have (laughs) known. Like a Cornish pasty or, you you know what I mean? I don't know, but I can give you a completely different fact. (laughs) If you <laughs> Go want. on, give me a prepared fact. First used in 1336 for the table of King Philip VI, it became popular in 1856 when Jean Niaguillon of Dijon replaced the usual ingredient of vinegar in the recipe with verjuice, the acidic juice of unripe grapes.
0: Okay, very good.
1: Yes. Now, if you're still with us, listeners, I tried this sauce... Um, What did I try it on? I actually, you know what I did? I put a slice of bread in the toaster. I toasted it and then I got a knife and I smeared Dijon mustard on it. And again, Liz said, what the hell are you doing? To me, you're a maniac. (laughs) That's that's maniacal. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I smeared too much on it. I took a big bite into it and it was very, very spicy. And I got a big shock. Would you not have it with like ham or something or a turkey sandwich or something? Um, that was my problem you see I didn't integrate my sauces with the correct food accompaniment. all
0: yeah that's madness that, between tofu sandwiches and uh, mustard <laughs> smeared on bread and dipping chips in fucking mint sauce
1: I think I need to open my mind up here in uh, different ways I think so and the final sauce if I may is one if- I'm sure sh- what yeah you're sorry you may (laughs) thank you it's one i'm sure you've heard of but i i'm not sure if you've actually tried it and that is reggae reggae sauce by levi roots
0: ah yes i
1: have actually tried that yeah reggae reggae sauce reggae reggae sauce (laughs) that's the jingle so uh this uh sauce uh, levi roots uh this jamaican man who turns out he was friends with bob marley apparently when back in jamaica he has this big dreadlocks big friendly character and he went on to the dragon's den which is like an entrepreneur uh investment program in the uk this was back in 2007 7 sorry <laughs> and uh he, uh, he sold them the idea of reggae reggae sauce that his mother had come up with in the kitchens of Jamaica and he got an investment of £50,000 in return for a 40% stake of his company. Uh, he, he partnered up with uh, Peter Jones and Richard Farley and then he got his products into Sainsbury's. And it, it, they, there was an ad campaign. P- the people of the UK uh, took him into their hearts. He became a big superstar. But... So the sauce itself is a, a marinade type of sauce. It's a jerk barbecued sauce. It's fairly spicy and unremarkable. But uh, let me just say a little thing about uh, Levi Roots. Um, just looking into his history a bit. The first sort of controversy with uh, Levi Roots is that there was another gentleman in West London who claimed he came up with reggae reggae sauce. And he took, he took Mr. Levi Roots to, to court Now, he didn't win in court, but during that process, Levi Roots was forced to come out and say that he had lied about the origins of reggae, reggae sauce, and that it wasn't his mother's recipe, and that he said he told several lies during that whole promotion campaign. So maybe Mr. Reggae, reggae sauce isn't as innocent as you think, especially when you take into account the final fact damning facts about mr levi roots the lovable jamaican with the guitar levi roots has previously been imprisoned for possession of a firearm and conspiracy to supply class a drugs
0: wow that's uh that took an unexpected turn there very much so um
1: so every time you you uh have a reggae reggae sauce i want you to remember that listener (laughs)
0: I have tasted reggae, reggae, and I would echo your sentiments. It's unremarkable, I would have thought as well. Um, Yes. The marketing campaign and the branding far outweighs the flavor of the actual sauce.
1: Yes, it is a good marketing campaign. It's a good jingle. Huge success there, regardless of his firearm, class A drug, lying. and (laughs) Maniacal lies. Okay, well, that
0: brings us to the end of that section of the podcast. Uh, So I tried two sauces, didn't think they were that nice, and I won't be having them again. Would you have any of yours again?
1: um dijon mustard i'm going to make a hot dog and i'm going to put ketchup ketchup and the dijon mustard in a hot dog eat it properly the way it's supposed to be eaten reggae reggae sauce you know just have it there for chips so yes i'll have that again mint sauce i actually want to give that a good try give it a good give it a go yes and then the butter chicken yes i will be having that again
0: um so let's move on to the next section of the podcast uh, episode so In advance of this episode, we decided to try and go viral. Uh, So that was one of the things we tried (laughs) through. We attempted with this episode. So the idea came to me one night when I was thinking of podcast episodes because we have been doing this podcast now for, what's this, episode 12. um, Mm -hmm. And it's quite difficult to get too much traction on it. It doesn't have a built-in fan base. So we have to solicit new fans all the time we've been trying to engage with people on social media it's quite difficult it's quite difficult to grow the brand grow the popularity of the episodes and i came up with an idea of let's just do something ridiculous and try and get some traction on social media so i decided to take all of my condiment sauces out of the press photograph them and come up with a hashtag for twitter show your sauces yes yes show your sauces <laughs> um, so i took a photograph of all the sauce i had in my press i'll just read through what they were Heinz garlic sauce french's mustard Heinz sweet pickle relish chef brown sauce some polish ketchup that i got in little Heinz barbecue sauce uh frank's red hot wing sauce sweet chili sauce cajun sauce worcestershire sauce plum sauce um sriracha and steak sauce so Big sauce fan as you can tell and I put that up on social media and said show your sauces and how many people replied to Dr. Toomey?
1: (laughs) I think it was between two and four. Four?
0: Four Four people?
1: (laughs) How many people retweeted? Uh, I would say one. It was in fact two people. Who were those people? It was in fact both of us both of us
0: and uh, how many people liked it again too and i believe both of those likes were from
1: were were from us
0: by the time we record this it's been up for six days (laughs) and it's got virtually zero traction
1: got Um, no traction whatsoever we thought it would be very accessible you know a fun thing anyone can do oh it's viral show your sauces uh, do you keep them in the cupboard or in the fridge oh gotta get a bit of a d- debate going we got some some influencers in there and yeah we got
0: virtually no engagement on that um and it was just a it was kind of a radical wacky type of uh, idea in order to try and stimulate some
1: activity on the internet but
0: to no avail to no avail no we fairy did not tale.
1: we did not go viral and um what it was a cynical marketing ploy let's uh get down to brass tacks i would have expected a bit more um on this but uh to no avail
0: people saw this on their timelines but very few people engaged with it And, and i mean yeah why would they exactly like but it was one of these things that i thought you know when people are like um i'd sent around a thing the other day on whatsapp it had toast done to five levels of uh burntness and then I had, like, a tea or a coffee with five different kind of stages of milk in it, from black to really white. And then I had a steak uh, from uh, rare to well done. And it was like, pick, pick which one from each category, blah, blah, blah. These are the types of things that go viral <laughs> on a on twitter and everyone's like one three five. Oh, three five oh i'd never drink tea like that blah, 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 blah. and uh, it's like i was like right we can get a bit of that action but no we couldn't
1: no no we couldn't
0: <laughs> but it leads on to a, a larger conversation of how bloody difficult it is to grow a podcast
1: yeah i think it the, the market is uh saturated and um i think the problem we're finding is is to get people to listen to it in the first place it's not as if like we got loads of people to try it and then our numbers went down. Um, it's just that people aren't even looking at the tweet. People aren't even, you can see engagement stats on Twitter. People aren't taking the time to click the link. Um, so, and Open Us, it's about opening yourself up to new experiences and openness that is a universal personality trait. Um, so I thought it would have literally universal appeal. Um, and it's also about friends and um, it's kind of, it's not, it's quite unusual as a podcast so i thought it would uh pique uh, more interest than it has so far
0: so look I, I just want to actually go through this here so this is um the tweet analytics of that tweet Question Do you keep your sauces on the sorry, do you keep your table sauces in the fridge or in the cupboard? Also, show your sauces. And then it has a picture of my sauces there. Impressions three hundred and one. Total engagements twenty-five. Of those engagements, detailed expands. Times people viewed the tweet details uh, ten. Media engagements five. That's clicks on the actual media. Replies four, as we discussed. Retweets two, and that was us. Likes two, that was also us. Profile clicks two. So somebody bothered their hole to click into the profile twice
1: and that might have been us you never know
0: uh, I don't know if it would it probably was us Jesus <laughs> actually no I, I lie in saying both of those likes were us one of them was my personal Twitter and one of them was another user called Alejandro Guzman so that's a complete stranger so um, we actually we actually managed to engage with one complete stranger
1: yes if we can change one complete stranger's life <laughs> if we can change one man's sauce habits then our job is done inspire him to try a mint sauce and that's the crack with podcasting and growing it. What we're probably going to do, like we're going to keep going with it because we're enjoying it, and we're going to keep up the promotion. And uh, the other cynical things we could consider in the future are getting influencers or celebrities in or shite like that. Um, but that's even more cynical than the uh, the viral campaign.
0: Yeah, celebrities. I mean, who do we know? <laughs> Seriously, who nope. do we know? Nobody. <laughs> it is difficult though you need that kind of cross promotion um and without it it's hard to appeal to groups outside of your core listenership and we do have a core listenership small yes. as it is but it's there it exists we have but, regular um, listeners yeah um but yeah it's it's hard it's hard to grow but we'll keep sticking at it
1: we haven't yet tried uh, paid advertising um on podcasts or on social media yet uh, that might be something we'll consider in the future um but maybe it's just not the right time for that at the moment
0: yeah i'd like to give it a go once but my my concern is that it would be a waste of money just because facebook for example shows you the types of ads you could have if you were to pay for advertising and it it populates your news feed with them and gives you basically a a template of what the ad would look like and it tells you reach nineteen thousand more people for blah 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 a week but i just think it would be something people would scroll by and not necessarily click into i don't click into ads on facebook i avoid them at all costs
1: yes yes they're really annoying and Um, you can
0: identify them quite clearly because it will say promoted or sponsored i think it says actually one of the one of the two anyway and you kind of just go well that's somebody trying to sell me something i'm not interested in that unless it very specifically was to do with your main interests but of course our podcast is as i said it doesn't really have a built-in topic or it doesn't have a built-in audience so unless somebody just gets the horn by seeing <laughs> our, our artwork or something like that
1: <laughs> kanye west just randomly happens upon it and likes it or something yeah kanye west i mean that. I don't feasible. know what I'm talking about. Um, but if any of the listeners have any ideas on how we can improve our uh, advertising, our marketing, and all that shite, uh, give us a shout on social media. Yeah, etc.
0: Open Us Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, although we haven't gone near Instagram in yonks. But we don't know how to work Instagram. I don't know how to use Instagram. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it's um, good for podcast promotion anyway, really. It's more to do with pictures and things like that. But um, Twitter and Facebook are active. We're on them all the time. So if you feel you have any wisdom to share with us, please send it our way. We'll be very receptive to it.
1: Correct. And that's slight downer aside. Let's move forward on to next week's task, Um, You are going this week, uh, Professor T, away to San Francisco.
0: I am going to San Francisco, yes. I'm going for about 10 days and I will be uh, spending time over there with family. And I'll have a lot of free time as well. So I'm going to do a few activities during the day. And what we both decided we would do is go and visit an island that we've never visited before.
1: Yes, and uh, so you're going to go to an island in San Francisco um, and I'm going to go to an island uh, off the coast of Ireland. And for Ireland, um, I've been to very few islands. Um, so it's a kind of a fluty, <laughs> tight and toe and toe type of task. <laughs> Get out in nature again, just <laughs> yeah. like uh, episode three. Um, <laughs> Rehashing episode three already. But this is our lives. We sometimes do this. It's a good opportunity for, I, I think, for you to have some musings on Frisco while you're over there I'm not comfortable saying that yeah nor should you be yes and um, yeah you can have your reflections on travel because that's a big part of openness and I could do the same in Ireland I can go to an island which I haven't decided yet um, which is something I never do in Ireland
0: okay Um, So I have decided what the island is, but I won't reveal it here. It's not Alcatraz, by the way, uh, but it's another island. It is not Um,
1: Alcatraz!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've already been to Alcatraz. Uh, So uh, I think islands are interesting in and of themselves in that they all have their own history usually. They're off the mainland. They often have uh, a kind of a subculture to them, and there's always interesting facts to learn about islands. So I'm sure I can find out some interesting discussion points and also yes I bring back some anecdotes from San Francisco and if there's any piss politics stories I'll be sure <laughs> to discuss them as well
1: I would love to hear some transatlantic uh, piss politics uh, yes yeah. okay alright any final words Professor T? Professor T? any final words? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, hold
0: on a second <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna wrap up there I was getting all ready to go Uh that's going to do it for episode 12 of Open Us. I've been Professor T. He's been Dr. Toomey. Stay open. <laughs> no, that's my line. What else am I going to say?
1: <laughs> I thought you'd, you'd flip it back over. I thought you were going to lead us out with the, the goodbye type of shit and then like put it back over to me. Oh, I thought you were trying to corner
0: me into coming up with a catchphrase.
1: Maybe I am.
0: <laughs> I don't have one okay I don't, know, I
1: don't know what to do now <laughs> yes well Well. Uh, say something say some nonsense and then say any final words to Dr Tooby and then I'll do my usual okay will we cut that bit? Yeah, uh, I think we should I shouldn't be seeing your
0: catchphrase
1: no, I kind of enjoy this bit because I like awkwardness oh, no, this could be a bit too awkward to listen mm-hmm. back to it. might be too fluty uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it for episode 12
0: of open us join us next week where we will discuss islands so any final words yourself, Dr. Toomey, stay open. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter, it's at open us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also open us Podcast. On Instagram, it's OpenUsPodcast. And via email, it's OpenUsPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Final words, maniacal lies, Professor T. he find words, oh, wow. maniacal lies. Oh, wow. Professor T. he find words, maniacal lies, maniacal, oh, wow. maniacal, oh, wow. maniacal, maniacal, lies. maniacal lies. Maniacal, maniacal, maniacal lies. Professor T. Any find words.